0: Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we are talking with Sally Kuzemchak, who is actually our registered dietitian here at Produce for Kids. She was on episode 34, sharing tips on how to stay out of the lunchbox rut, and episode 37 um, on balancing holiday sugar rush. So today's topic is all about the new nutrition label. Yes, there is a new nutrition label. It's been rolling out gradually. You might have seen it already on some items. Um, And I'll just be honest, nutrition labels have always tripped me up. Um, I often feel like I'm sifting through useless info. So I'm feeling like, just tell me what's important, please. Just bold what I need to know. Um, So we'll go through each area and dig a little deeper on how to best navigate the new label easily and with a few laughs in between, of course. I usually mention at the end of the podcast, but figured I'd do it before just in case I'm missing anyone at the end. We do have a Healthy Family Project Facebook group and often continue the conversation from the podcast over there. You can find a link in the show notes and we can approve you to join pretty easily and we can chat there. It's a lot of fun to interact with listeners um, and get insight from you all and everybody in the group sharing. It's just kind of a cool Cool place to be. So, a little background on Sally, just in case you haven't listened to her previous episodes. She is the mom of two boys. She blogs at realmomnutrition.com, and her blog is definitely the no judgment zone for feeding families. I thoroughly enjoy her content. Really easy, a lot of talk about balance and giving yourself grace. Um, So Sally is also a contributing writer at Parents Magazine and WebMD. We'll link up to some of her recent posts in the show notes um, so you can continue reading some of her awesome uh, articles. And then she has also been featured in magazines including Prevention, Health, Family Circle, Eating Well, Fitness, and Shape. And I mean, if that amazing list isn't enough, she's also authored two books, The 101 Healthiest... Foods for Kids, a guidebook to the best whole foods for kids, and Cooking Light Dinner Time Survival Guide, uh, a cookbook for busy families. So let's get talking about this new nutrition label with Sally. Welcome back, Sally. I am excited for our first chat of 2020 on the podcast. And what a timely conversation as we are starting to see the new nutrition label rolling out. Um, So so maybe surprise to some listening that there is a new label. I I feel like I know and, you know, and people know, but it hasn't really been, um, you know, mainstream front page, I guess, if you will. Um, So can you talk for a minute about why and when this label is changing?
1: Sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, So they actually announced these changes way back in 2016. So some people may be like, wait, this is old news, but they actually just rolled them out, but they announced the changes in 2016. And it really does, it takes a long time for these things to actually get into motion and come into effect. So the reason that they decided to make the changes is basically to give the label a little bit of refresh. It had been like 20 years since they did any changes to it. Wow. And um, kind of Update it with what we know now about nutrition because as we all know, nutrition is a science that's always evolving and changing. And as evidence, new evidence arises, sometimes we have to change our thinking and guidelines and advice. So this new label is supposed to reflect um, some of that. So some companies actually started to roll it out earlier than this year. So some people may have already seen it, but Big companies um, had to have the new label in place uh, January of 2020, and then smaller companies have an, an extra year. So you may not see it on everything, but on, you know, products from big manufacturers, you should be seeing it now.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like now, thinking back, so back in 2016, it was like, you know okay, this is like all going to happen. And then right. it went away. So yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously for the entire food industry to make a change like that, um, definitely, definitely take some time. So, so we'll have one, uh, one extra year here and then everybody should be compliant at that point, I'm guessing. So, um, okay, awesome. So now we know the backstory. Let's talk about the key information we need to spot. So, We're in a rush in the grocery store, um, but, you know, it's still important to take that glance at the label before checkout. What key information are we looking for? Where can we find it? Um, Oh, and a side note, we are sharing a link. um, So in case we don't want anyone like, I know everyone is listening to podcasts, walking, driving, so please don't try to take notes. (laughs) Um, We'll share a link um, where... Sally did on produceforkids.com a side-by-side comparison of the new and old label. And we will link to that in the show notes. Um, we'll link that everywhere so that you know, once we have this conversation, you can kind of go back and look at those two side by side. Okay. So what key information were we looking for and where can we find it?
1: So yeah, so as dietitians, we've always told people like when you're looking at that label, you turn the package over, you're looking at all those numbers. The very first place to start is with the servings and serving size because everything else is based on that. So we've all had the like bag of chips that kind of like looks like one serving <laughs> and then you turn it mm-hmm. over and it's like, oh, there are three and a half servings in there. So they really want people to know that information right away. So they actually put that in a, a larger, bolder font than everything else. Um, so that's calories, serving size, and number of servings in the package are all bigger, easier to see. You can spot them right away. So um, I always tell people, if you're going to read those numbers, start there and then base everything else you read on that. So figure out, okay, there's three and a half servings. Am I going to eat eight chips and then you know roll down the top of the bag and put it away <laughs> for another day? Or am I going to sit and eat the whole bag of chips? In which case, I need to multiply everything by three and a half. Do a little bit of math.
0: Right. Well, I I can appreciate those things being front and center. I know in the past, over the years, you know, you see that oh, well, it's only a hundred calories, and whatever it might be—the bottle of tea or or chips or whatever—you know, you you finish, and then you look back and say, oh, actually, that was three servings. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I met my max for the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how is it called out called out differently? The serving sizes.
1: Yeah, so this has changed. And some companies, again, they were already doing this, but now it is required that um, if your package looks like an individual serving, the the label actually has to have two columns, one for one serving and one for if you eat the entire package. And so like um, a great example, this is a 20 ounce bottle of soda. That is more than one serving, but When people get a 20-ounce bottle of soda at a vending machine, they often drink the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So now they'll be able to turn that over and know, okay, if I drink this whole thing, here's what all the numbers are. They don't have to do that math in their head because people really don't want to do math when they're enjoying, you know, Right. um, food or drink, they don't want to sit and and crunch the numbers. Same with that individual individual looking bag of chips. But even um, yesterday I was eating a bagged salad. It's one of those salads that has like all the toppings and the Mm -hmm. dressing and everything all in it really delicious salad, but I turned it over and there were actually three servings. I I ate the entire thing for lunch. And so it was um, in that case, like, I think it's great if you eat more than one serving of salad personally, um, but that had the two columns to show me if I ate this whole package, what it would be. And I just think that's very helpful for consumers. And I think that's a really positive change on labels.
0: I agree. And I am with you on the sal- bagged salad because I will often run to the grocery store and grab a bagged salad and I will eat the whole thing. And again, I have done this. I did that as well. Where I'm like, wow, this was for three people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What a small little salad that would have been. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes, for sure. Um, Okay. So I've heard that outdated info was removed. Obviously it's been 20 years. Like that's a long time. So what kind of things are getting the boot on the new label?
1: Something that got the boot is calories from fat. And I've always felt like that was sort of useless information anyway. And it was very confusing. And, you know, way back when people really thought fat was the ultimate enemy mm-hmm. and people were on this quest to eat as little fat as possible. And so maybe that information was helpful to some people, but now we know better and we know differently that fat is not the enemy and it's actually more about the kind of fat that you eat that's much more important to your health than the total number of grams that you eat. And we're not on this quest to keep fat as low as possible. And really it was just taking up space on the label and was not very useless or helpful. So um, that was removed. So I say bravo because I found that very worthless.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's definitely a good move there. Um, Okay. So we're always wanting to know about sugars. Is it, we get the question all the time, well, what is an added sugar? And what is the natural sugars? Are they the same? Um, So will the new label make it easier for shoppers to decipher sugars?
1: Yeah. And this is probably the change that got the biggest amount of attention. And I think it also probably threw a lot of manufacturers for a loop, knowing that they would have to to list out uh, how much of the sugar in that was natural versus added. So some foods naturally have sugar in them, like plain yogurt and milk have lactose. Fruit has fructose. Some vegetables like tomatoes have fructose as well. It's just the natural sugar that's in there. Um in the in the food naturally. It's not added. So a lot of people were confused because they'd turn over the label of plain white milk and there would be sugar in that. And, and that's also why you heard things like, oh, chocolate milk has as much sugar as soda. That always drove me crazy because if you looked at the label, yes, the sugar, total sugar might look the same, but half of that sugar in that chocolate milk is natural. So it really wasn't wasn't a fair comparison. Same with sweetened yogurts. They looked so astronomically high. And and granted, some yogurts do contain a lot of added sugar, but it wasn't as high as it looked because it included the natural and the added. So the big change on the new label is that there's a separate category right under total sugar that says added sugar. And that is the kind that the manufacturer put in, whether that's white table sugar, molasses, honey, whatever fruit juice concentrate, whatever it is that they put in there as an extra sweetener is listed under total sugar. So next time you, you know, are buying something like chocolate milk or or a sweetened yogurt, you can turn it around and see, oh, okay, so only 10 grams of this is actually added. And, um, I think that's very helpful. So many people are focused on sugar. And so this just gives you one more piece of accurate, helpful information when you're when you're comparing labels.
0: Yeah, this is a big one. I like I said, I feel like we get questions all the time. You know, is fruit bad? Is this bad? You know, this has sugar. And so I think that looking at it in this way will will be really helpful, um, for for everybody. Um, Okay, daily values, you know, you see all these percentages um, in front of you, and you just want to turn the can around or whatever it might be and just (laughs) say, I think it seems fine. Um, (laughs) So it's always been, you know, a point of confusion for me and many others when it comes to reading labels. And in your recent blog post, you mentioned that these Are demystified. So talk to me about that because I want to. I want to feel good about looking at these and knowing what I'm. What I'm reading.
1: Yeah. Speaking of like doing math, you know, a lot of people don't want to. You know, multiply and divide much less figure out percentages. (laughs) You know, right? So um, percent daily values have always been very confusing. And what the new label does, and I think in my blog post I say they're sort of demystified because they now have a little footnote on the label explaining what a. percent daily value is. So it says the percent daily value tells you how much a nutrient in a serving of food contributes to a daily diet. So I know a lot of people are like, uh, yes, I'm still confused by that. So (laughs) you can basically think of daily values as just sort of like a general umbrella recommended amount or limit of a certain nutrient. And then the percentage tells you how much that particular food contributes toward that um, recommended amount or limit. So a really quick and dirty tip, and this is you know, very helpful if you're you're just quickly looking at that label in the grocery store, is when you're looking at those percents, 5% or less is low. And that is good for things like sodium, for instance, if you don't want to be eating a lot of sodium. And 20% or more is considered high. And that is good for something like fiber or calcium, those things that you want to get more of. So we call that the 520 rule. And I feel like that's just something good to keep in your back pocket when you're looking at those percentages. It's not like, I don't want people to feel like, okay, I have to add up all these percentages and make sure they come to, you know, a hundred or less than a hundred. You don't just, it's just a kind of a a quick and dirty tool. Like, oh, this has 90% daily value for sodium. That's a lot. (laughs) Maybe I could look for a slightly less salty uh, soup or whatever it is, or, oh, wow, this has 25% daily value for fiber. That's really good. That's something most Americans don't get enough of. So um, that's kind of how I suggest using daily values.
0: And I, that is the trick that I use as well. The 5% and 20%. (laughs) That is my go-to always. It was several years ago, um, a a dietitian had shared that with me and I Mm -hmm. thought, yes. And even um, here in Orlando, I talked to um, some of the kids at and their families at Arnold Palmer, um, who have been diagnosed with some kind of lifestyle-related, let say, disease. You know, whether it be diabetes mm-hmm. or yeah. obesity, something along those lines. But that I always tell them this: uh, the five percent and the twenty percent. And it's funny to watch the room because they're like, oh, okay, yeah. I could do that." Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want like all the hodgepodge together. No, but like, talk to me about that five percent and twenty percent, and then. I can easily figure that out. So yeah, definitely a good tip. Um, okay. So what vitamins are getting the spotlight in the new label and why? So vitamin D and potassium must
1: now, they're required to be listed on the label because they're what uh, are called nutrients of concern. And that just means that most Americans don't get enough of them. Um, but on the other hand, um, products used to be required to list the amount of vitamin A and C. And those aren't required anymore because they're much easier to get. So you're definitely going to see D and potassium on labels now. And some some brands may put you know lots of different vitamins and minerals. It's, that's their choice, but um, they have to include D and potassium and don't have to include A and C anymore.
0: Okay. Um, Okay. So we talked a little bit about, about sodium and percentage of sodium. So is there anything new? I know that's always an area, especially with like canned, you know, canned items that we're looking at. Um, so, so what are we, what are we, what are we looking at here as far as sodium goes?
1: This is a little tweak, but for those people who are really looking at labels for sodium, they're going to notice this. um, they're going to notice that that their products that they've been buying all along are suddenly going to look a little saltier. And that's because the daily value changed. Um, mm-hmm. It decreased from 2,400 to 2,300 milligrams a day. It's a very small change. But, you know, again, for those people who are really watching sodium and maybe like, wait a second, this soup has always been 30% daily value and now it's whatever. I can't do that math, you know, Yeah, no. now it's 35%. <laughs> right. You know, what happened? Did they make the, the recipe saltier? No, it's just that the d- daily value uh, decreased. And some are saying that may encourage companies to tweak their recipes a little bit, to make them a little bit lower in sodium so that their labels don't look like they're suddenly saltier. Um, on the other hand, the daily value for fiber increased from 25 to 28 because just the thinking that we really need to be getting a lot more fiber than we are. And fiber is so good for health. So that's another one where the daily value may look a little bit different on the same product because that that uh, value increased a little bit.
0: Okay. Yeah, I really do hope. I know there's, uh, I'll look at soups often um, and think, I can't find anything that, yeah, you um, know, like it's just, and they all look so good to me. Um, so uh, maybe there will be some changes with, you know, the, it how they're created, I guess. Um, yeah. And, you know, honestly, like if you are, if you have,
1: um, something going on with your health that requires you to eat a low sodium diet, that's obviously something that's really important. For everyone else, I always say, and when you're looking at those cans of soup, like you said, it's really hard to find one mm-hmm. that is lower in sodium. And sometimes I know companies have come out with lower sodium soups and people don't like them. Yeah. And so they stop making <laughs> them, right? Nobody's yeah. buying them. Right. So I just, I just always tell people like, if that can of soup looks great and that's something you want to have for lunch, awesome. Just work the rest of your day around that. So if you have a can of, of soup for lunch, like, don't go out for fast food for dinner or, you know, eat in and eat something that's lower in sodium um, and should try to balance that out. Because there are some foods like canned soup and like some frozen foods, it's awfully hard to find uh, acceptable, tasty, low sodium alternatives.
0: Balance, right? (laughs) Balance, exactly. (laughs) Well, great. So I think that covers it. I mean, 20 years later, I think that's a really long time before to make, you know, so much has changed in 20 years um, to make these changes to the food label. Um, So now I guess everyone listening, we're we're semi-experts on the new food label. (laughs) Um, And I I guess, again, it's important to note that this is a gradual process. Like you said, Um, I think we kind of touched on it, but when can we expect to see these packaged goods adhering to the new guidelines?
1: So again, big manufacturers, you should be seeing it now. If you're not, it's probably that. And I don't know what the threshold is between you know a big manufacturer and what a small manufacturer is, but smaller brands um, have an additional year, so they may be rolling it out sometime, you know, this year. But I'm pretty sure they have to be compliant by next January, I think.
0: Okay, and again. Feel free to go over and reference that blog post, and you can actually see the the labels side by side. see for yourself the changes. I think I think these are all very positive, and I think that mm-hmm. we will all appreciate being able to not be so intimidated looking at the labels um, with this change, but All right. Well, it was so good to have you back. Um, We'll continue this conversation over in the Healthy Family Facebook group. Um, And then I know, Sally, you'll be on our Instagram in the coming weeks talking more about food labels. We're going to we're going to really, really cover this topic. (laughs) Um, So we'll link up to Sally's (laughs) social outlets in the show notes. um, So be sure to give her a follow. And just thanks for joining us today, Sally. Thanks for having me. I'm feeling pretty confident about this new label and definitely better... Um, After having had that conversation with Sally, we will continue talking on this topic over in the Healthy Family Facebook group. Please join us there. We'd love to have you. Um, And then if you like the Healthy Family Project, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to tweet with me direct, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer or on Instagram as Amanda M. Kiefer. And you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.